Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with one of our new guest hosts, uh, Paul, Paul Smirnov, and uh, he comes to us with a background in HR. And uh, yeah, I'll let Paul do a little bit of an intro on himself, and then we'll get to what we was like into a kid so that we can uh, follow the journey. So, Paul, what are you up to these days? So, thank you so much, Luki. So, my name is Paul, and I am an HR professional currently working at a bank, at a major bank in Canada. I work at the, as a talent acquisition analyst and help uh, with workday solutions and testing and troubleshooting for recruiters. Uh, my aspirations would be to go into the technical side of workday and see where things go. Um, yeah, that's that's where I am now. And for what my past was, I, I, I was basically born in Lithuania and I came here as an immigrant at nine years old. After that, I stayed here for three years, uh, grade five to eight in uh, middle school, which after that I went to Ireland where I stayed for nine years, finished my high school there and also my degree in Bachelor of Science of Human Resource Management. Uh, it was a, uh, Ireland was a great um, opportunity to learn about other cultures the the country itself is great the weather might be not 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 be so great but it's okay and uh, i really valued my education there my professors were great and after that i i decided to come back to canada because i felt like it was my place to be here and uh, develop my career that's cool and I'd love to dive a little bit more into each of those. So, so what yeah. were things, uh, what were you like as a kid? So growing up in Lithuania, what were some yeah. of the earliest fondest memories, or I don't know how much of them you had, and then maybe we'll, we'll go into kind of each big move. So, so what, were, what were things like in Lithuania? So in, in Lithuania, uh, I guess my, my family was, wasn't the uh, wealthiest. We were, you know, struggling at some point. So my, my dad decided when I was three years old, my dad decided to immigrate to Canada for economic reasons, uh, which, you know, uh, left our mom, left my mom alone with my brother. I have a twin brother. And then well, what happened was, I, I, you know, it was, it was, at first we were struggling because my dad, uh, couldn't uh, send us, you know, support us in a way that he wanted to because of the struggles in Canada as an immigrant. However, after a while, when I was around six or seven, uh, things stabilized and uh, I went uh, from kindergarten then I went to school. What I, what I would say my fondest memories in Lithuania were is just spending time with all my family uh, so my aunt, my grandma, my grand, my granddad, and so on. Because when you, because when you immigrate, I guess you leave all the family behind and right. kind of just have your immediate immediate family to, you know, fall back on. So I guess my fondest memories would be the time that I spent with my extended family. So you made the transition into Canada and you grew yeah. up here for a while and then, and then yeah. Ireland. But what were things like in, in Canada? How was the adaptation from, from uh, Lithuania to Canada? 
so I, I guess the hardest part about adapting to Canada was, of course, learning, you know, a new language and a new right. culture, I guess. Um, so the first year I was here, I was still learning English, still just getting to know the culture and how things operated, because in Lithuania, things are a bit harsher than in Canada. You just have to stand up for yourself more. Mm -hmm. Everybody is more, I guess, um, not even aggressive, but I, I guess they don't, uh, they wouldn't try to, let's say there's much more support here uh, than in Lithuania for an average kid. And uh, so, yeah, I had to learn to accept I guess help in a way, but also adapt to to, to people in a way that um, people are want to help and they always want to help you out if they can. Uh, so that that would be the main the main change. I will I would say, of course, there is different things like the weather was a bit more harsher here in the winter, but it was fun building snow snowmen <laughs> and stuff like that. However, I think that that would be the main change. And of course, uh, I struggled with English for a bit, but again, as a kid, you learn the language pretty fast, so it was okay. Yeah. And I'm curious about the the part where you said you had to learn to to take help. Can, can yeah. you tell us a story, maybe one of, one of the earlier ones that said, okay, this is the first time you say, you know what, it's actually okay to take help. <laughs> can you describe well, one of those times? Yeah, that is a good question. Let me think for a second. Um, so I guess there was a time in, uh, when I went to elementary school, this was grade five, I believe. And the teacher, uh, we... Uh, I forgot my pencils. I mean, I know it's, it's, it's a small thing, but I forgot my pencils at, at home, so I didn't have anything to write for the, uh, for the test. And I was kind of in, afraid to say that I didn't have a pencil to write for the test to, you know, as I thought I might have been gotten in trouble because mm. they would say, why didn't you bring a pencil? You, you knew you had a test. So I guess, and they just, you know, after that, I realized that some other kid just asked for the same thing. He asked for a pencil and I asked for, for a pencil as well. And there were no repercussions in the way. So that's how I learned, I guess, to take help. That was one of the moments, I guess, but there were many like that. Yeah. I think it's those small ones that make it easier and like, Oh, yeah. if you're not used to it, 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 it doesn't seem like a, uh, well, it, it seems like a big deal, but uh, to most people it's like, oh yeah, why didn't you just ask? But it just seems like the, the, a little bit of disconnect in culture. So exactly. um, tell us a little bit about like moving to, to, to Ireland. So what was the decision to, to, to move there? Um, and, and like, how did you decide on, on your degree? Because I'm guessing there were some sort of influences uh, in order for you to, to, to do that uh, and choose the program yeah. you went into. I guess, yeah. So moving to Ireland was because uh, my family had some problems. So my mom, uh, my dad stayed in Canada and my mom and uh, our my, my twin went to Ireland to live with my grandmother. My grandmother uh, moved to Ireland three years before that. So when we just went to Canada and she went to uh, Ireland, they say, I guess. Um, so the decision was to, was made because, uh, again, uh, there, there was there were some struggles in Canada because of the, because of the family issues and everybody my mom decided to come to Ireland. In Ireland, um, again at first uh, the adaptation curve was difficult because again everybody the culture is different even though everybody speaks English. 
uh, again, the even the accent is different. For example, so when I when I went to Ireland for the first time for the two for two weeks or so, I really I couldn't understand anything honestly. <laughs> I, I I I at first when I went into a taxi, uh, I we thought that the taxi person was uh, speaking Irish instead of English because we just didn't didn't understand the accent. However, after a while, after a month or two, I started getting um used to the culture and the accent however one of the more biggest like culture shocks as well when we went when we went to ireland was schools because it was a one gender school so boys schools boys a boy school or a, um or a girl school and everybody also had to wear uniforms which i was not <laughs> accustomed to as well <laughs> you would say so again the, that took some transition to like understand that Ireland is still a religious country in a sense and that's why they have one gender schools and you needed to um, adapt in a way in terms of understanding the Catholic values that they had and so on. About my degree choice, so actually I had two choices to make uh, for my degree. I was really interested in computers so maybe I was thinking about becoming something in IT or a software developer, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I also liked talking to people. And in my head, if I became a software developer, I would just sit at the, the office all day right. and, you know, and just code or something. So I didn't like that prospect either. So in the end, I decided to go to HR because I kind of like talking to people and getting, their, to, getting to know their stories. Mm. However... I also like the business and money, I guess. So that would, I don't know, in my head, uh, people and business connected in the HR. So yeah, I chose HR. After that, after the four years and doing some internships at the charity and a hotel, I decided that HR is great. However, I still want to do something with computers. So I want to go into like something in between of computers and HR. So basically I talked, I did a lot of informational interviews uh, with my professors, with people I found on LinkedIn. And I decided that I wanted to go into some kind of HRAS system testing or something something similar. Mm -hmm. So my current role fits me in a way that I'm really analytical. I have to understand computers, but I also work in HR and speak to people. That's interesting. And can you, well, maybe for my benefit, because uh, the, the schools that I know, you, you don't really bridge like the, the, the science and the HR part. Like that's usually separate, like to have computer science and an HR one uh, would be separate. So is, is that kind of the case in the, in the university and college that you had the flexibility to kind of cross uh, um, schools and, 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 and uh, I, guess, I, I don't know if they're faculties in the case, but is that something that's yeah. normal or, or is that something that you specifically chose? Well, not, not exactly. It's not normal, but I, I specifically wanted to do that after mm-hmm. my third year of university. And so after that, I, when I came here, I did a data certificate, uh, data analytics certificate in York University to bridge that gap with technology and HRIS. And it does how it did, those skills helped me in my job right now. Yeah. So again, like there is no clear path, but you have to kind of make your own, I guess. 
And can you describe some of your, your internships that you had? So, so maybe uh, like the first day of work <laughs> for, for one of them and describe kind of that, that process. How was, what was it like? Uh, was it what you expected or was it something totally different? I, okay, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so basically my first internship what is it, was at a charity and they helped homeless people to get off the street in Dublin. All over the all over Ireland, but we, but that branch focused uh, for people in Dublin. Basically, what happened there was how I got the job. I was uh, president at my society in college and university. Sorry for um, for a charity called Saint Vincent de Paul, and we did a lot of charity events. So because of that experience, my professor introduced me to this charity called Focus Ireland and I had an interview and I got the internship. The internship was in HR and my first day at, job, at the job was it was kind of daunting honestly because I didn't know what to expect. I thought I would go straight into you know working but what what happened the first day was they just walked me around uh, all of the sites that they had and explained the and kind of taught me about the homelessness problems in Ireland and why it happened. And I got to meet two people as well and get to hear their stories. So yeah, that was my first day at the job. Yeah. And, and what about kind of the subsequent like work after yeah, the work? Like what, what was the, the process to do that? How did yeah. you start like being uh, effective in, in, in coding or, or whatever is that the, the HR system that you were doing? So that, that internship wasn't about, the, it was an HR administrator okay. internship. It wasn't, I, I did have access to the HR system there. However, I wasn't, you know, doing anything uh, coding wise. And the, the work that I did was actually for the graduate program. The, the, we needed to, they, they needed to hire 12 new um, social, social workers for okay. the homeless. And basically what happened was they taught me, we went, we with, as a team, we went to three universities to present as a, in the career fair. Then we went to a class also to present. And then what happened was um, at the end, um, when work was ramping up, I kind of took lead on the graduate program and started interviewing people, uh, giving them assessments and, and uh, just making sure and coordinating interviews with hiring managers to make sure that 12 people got hired. And yes, 12 people got hired in the end. So I'm happy to say that it was kind of successful. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. So, so sounds like that that you were able to kind of make a difference because obviously yeah. those twelve people being hired, hopefully they helped kind of the homeless population. Yeah, Ireland. of course. And obviously, yeah. from, but before that, I mean, it was uh, the, the volunteering and and doing kind of the extracurriculars, being president of a club helps, right? Yeah. <laughs> and to yeah. network with your professor helps as well, yeah. so that you can kind of land those connections. And of and course. obviously, you would have done a good job as, as a president, so that people would want to vouch for you. Yeah. Um, one, one thing that I wanted to chat about, because because I know when, when we connected, uh, one of the things that you mentioned is, is you actually have a, uh, a physical disability. And yeah. with all the stuff we talked about, you wouldn't have known. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have known. But I'm wondering if you care a little bit uh, about kind of that experience, because everything yeah. else seems, seems so normal, um, yet yeah. you did it all with, with a little bit more challenge. But would you mind sharing a little bit of kind of the, the stories around that? 
Yeah, of course. So about my physical disability first. Um, so my left arm does not function, especially like if I can show it real quick, my left hand doesn't function. So basically I can move the arm, but I can't move this part in a way. So basically that kind of renders the arm not useless in a way, but you know, you can't really do anything with it. And because I'm not used to actually using it, I don't use it very often. Mm. Maybe to carry some stuff with my, uh, with my this part with the elbow and stuff like that. But right. other than that, I don't really use it, which I really should, <laughs> uh, but it is what it is. And there's some stories about that. So actually there's a funny story that happened in the second in, in the second internship, my first day at the second internship. Uh, I also did an interview there. However, I guess they did not notice or and I don't tell them about the disability at all. So what happened was I go into the I go into the first day of the job and they tell me to um, organize all of the uniforms and put them on shelves and just you know fold them neatly and stuff like that and maybe just uh, for all the wait wait staff because it was a hotel right okay. and basically i just couldn't put them on uh hangers i couldn't hmm. put them on um uniform the uniforms on uh, hangers because you know it's i could but it took me like tw- four times as more time than uh, you know a normal person would or a person without any disability would so I, I go to I go to them and I say I go to them and manager and say look I understand I just can't do this sorry and uh, they only realized then that I there was a problem and they started asking a lot of questions about it and then of course after, after a while they just gave me some other tests but that's just like a funny story that happened I guess uh, because people didn't realize that there was an issue in the first place. Well, I, I thought that was something amazing in the conversations where, again, you go through the whole conversation. They, they went through a whole interview process. Yeah. And then only after you started, they realized, oh, okay, you have a disability, which kind of shows uh, the point that, like, you don't need even need to let it hold you back. Right? Yeah, it's, it's just something yeah. that, well, it's, some, some of them are a little bit more apparent, but oftentimes it, it's, it's something that uh, can, can be overcome. Yeah. Um, and and I guess how has it been um, well helpful or not helpful for, for you in the past? Because because at least in our previous conversations, you talked about how it's in some cases a bit of a like an advantage for you. <laughs> where, where well, not so much an advantage, more that you treat it as uh, something that that uh, is, is kind of a normal part of your life. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about the mindset part of it for you. Yeah, so so the mindset, of course. So my mindset, yes, it's it kind of sucks at the end of the day. However, you just do the best with it you can and of course i don't treat it as a complete you know disadvantage because there are some advantages to it for example my experience as i said because of the difficulties that i have or and that they and the experiences i have to overcome i learn differently and i analyze things differently and i learn how to adapt really quickly Mm. and because of that i think it gives me an advantage and just going into a new job, adapting really quickly, learning really quickly and doing whatever I need to do because of this, you know, always need, I always need to solve problems because if I don't, if I cannot do something with the one arm, unfortunately, if I don't figure it out myself in a way, nobody's going to show me and I, I'm just not never going to do the stuff that I need to do in that sense. So I guess that's the positive part about it. And of course, um, you can, you can also add 
again, again, the diversity part of it, again, it just brings a different perspective to work, to, to life than other people. And so I guess people value my opinion on some certain topics such as diversity and disability as well. That's awesome. So it sounds like that you're doing well uh, for yourself. You just started a new job and, and, and you're uh, continuing on. Hopefully you'll be able to meet all the hiring quotas and whatever that they have yeah. set out for you. Uh, but what are some of the, the swipe, the stuff I wish I knew earlier that you'd share with a uh, younger Paul? So, so I don't know if there's certain milestones along the way that you want to share, but maybe uh, one or two or, or three different uh, yeah. swipes that you'd share with yourself. Of course. So... The first thing I would share with your, with myself is uh, start networking really early. Mm. Uh, so basically what I mean by that, if you're in the first year of university or just starting, try to connect with your professors, get to know them, get to know their hobbies, get to know them as people and just introduce the, and show the best side of yourself. So for that, for them to remember you in the future for any professor for any opportunities that they might have or you just might give uh, or just asking for life advice even you know mm -hmm. uh, I think that's really important and just broaden broadening your horizon to different things as well so one, th one another thing I would say is don't focus on one thing but have five or six concise goals that you want to achieve in a couple of years and actually strive going towards them don't just have one goal and just kind of try to achieve that goal. Have five or six. Yes, one or might not, one or two might fail. However, the other four, four will uh, succeed and that will shape your future in a way. Um, one more thing I would say that I would tell to myself, uh, maybe to my, I would say, let me just have a think for a second. That's okay. Um, I guess also don't um, try to enjoy yourself in university as much. Again, of course, of course, grades and other stuff and extracurricular activities are important. However, if you are not happy in your life and uh, as a result of just focusing in university all the time just try to broaden your horizon again go 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 out with friends once in a while just don't don't if there's a test of course study for it but don't worry too much about it it'll be fine in the end i guess those would be my main lessons that i wish i knew before uh, but yeah that's that's about it those are the main ones usually <laughs> That's awesome. And, and if I were to provide my commentary, I guess in reverse order. So like trying to enjoy yourself, definitely. Yeah. I think that's super important where yeah. a, a lot of fo people focus on grades and you need to make sure that you yeah. do well, of course, because that's why you're yeah, in of course, school. Yeah. But uh, I talked to so many people where they say like uh, what the, the most important things that they learned were outside of the classroom, right? Yeah. And oftentimes uh, a lot of young folks, especially nowadays, they overload themselves with the extracurriculars, the volunteer, yeah. and it almost seems like a, an arms race where everyone's trying to outdo. It's like, yeah. I'm the president of a club. Well, I'm the president of two clubs. I'm the president yeah. of three clubs. <laughs> and everyone yeah. tries to do more and more and more. But at the same time, you do need to enjoy yourself, um, have fun, explore, I think is the yeah, other of course, part where yeah. Gain new experiences. Um, 
I think that kind of dovetails with your your, your second one about the don't, not focusing on one thing. Give yourself yeah. some, some options. Well, and there are some people who know exactly what they want. And if yeah. you truly know what you want, well, then go for it. But yeah. within there, there's probably five or six sub goals that you can uh, take a look at. But if you are someone who's interested in science and business and uh, reading and writing and stuff like that, well, why not do all of it, right? And, and it yeah. doesn't mean that you have to do all of them at the same time, but maybe one after the other or like uh, this for a week, that for a week, that for whatever. But to yeah. explore, I think, is, is, is super important and having um, kind of multiple goals because mm-hmm. I, I think too many people limit themselves. And, mm-hmm. and, and the, the first part that you mentioned about networking, I, I definitely agree with that. It, it's, it's funny how some folks don't treat their, their professors as people. Yeah. <laughs> they're, just, yeah. they're just authoritative figures that uh, come down with their red markers and yeah. three marks and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but they are people and oftentimes they can be a good connection into yeah. because they w- will know people out there. Uh, they're, they're connected. And, and I, I think asking for advice is, is a great thing because yeah. most people want to uh, share, um, especially if you are a reasonably good student. Now, if you're a horrible student in class, maybe they yeah. might not uh, <laughs> uh, give you the best advice. But if you're kind of reasonably good and, 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 and they see kind of the effort that you're putting, mo- most people will be willing to provide that advice, which I think. Is- yeah. And one, one more four point that I want to touch, touch on, which I just remembered because you said explore. Basically, I traveled all around Europe when I was in university. Like I went to uh, Germany, I went to Netherlands, I went to Portugal, I went to uh, Munich, well, Munich is in Germany, but I also went to Berlin. I went to Greece, I went to Poland, I, wow. I went to a lot of places, Prague, Prague as well. So I guess if you can, if you like it, also travel and get to know other cultures, you'll learn a lot from those experiences. And all cultures have a different aspect, like different outlook on life, you could say. So you could you can just mend your opinion and your outlook on life from getting all of those experiences and kind of um internalizing them analyze them and get the best life goals for yourself yeah i think that's that's great advice i think that's one of the things that i uh, wish that i did more in university i wish i did like an exchange program outside of the country or like um did did like a a work abroad or something like that uh i was too chicken <laughs> to do that because I thought, oh no, I can't do that or I can't survive. And, and I didn't want to really uh, kind of jeopardize all of the other stuff. So maybe it was a little lack of confidence or, or what have you. And I didn't want to deal with the rejection of not getting into those programs <laughs> as well. So yeah. uh, I, I think if, if I could give myself uh, advice when I was younger, I definitely would, would, would do that. And to your point, you get to experience a whole bunch of different cultures and, and you, you broaden your horizon, you yeah. get different perspectives. And probably get to taste a lot of nice food <laughs> from elsewhere around the world. Yeah, very authentic as well. So, I, yeah. I, I think I think that's amazing. So, if, if folks want to connect with you, Paul, uh, where could they reach out to you? And uh, what are some kind of future aspirations that we can look forward to catching up with you on? Yeah, so they can connect with me on LinkedIn. I think that would be the best place to connect with me on. Just send me a message. Uh, I will uh, read all of them and try to, you know, if you need anything or just want to have a chat, I'll be happy to answer. And uh, my future aspirations, I guess, well, the first thing I, I would, I would, I want to do is uh, get my driver's license. I know it's not in the work, work context. However, I got my G1 recently and okay. uh, I can get my G2 and re- get my G2 in 
February, so I'm gonna work on that. So that's one one huge thing that will be just much easier for me when I get a G2. And my other future aspirations, I guess, just develop myself, um, learn different skills, learn learn more about Workday. Actually, mm -hmm. I think of even maybe taking a certificate on Workday just to like legitimize my experience, you could say, mm -hmm. and also. I want to, since I explored a lot of European countries, now I want to explore Canada a bit because mm -hmm. I never truly went to any other Canadian city except Ottawa. So I want to travel to different provinces and see how life is there. Sounds good. And uh, yeah, I think you were able to share a lot of uh, useful words of wisdom and, and your experiences. And yeah. uh, hopefully we can have you back to discuss uh, other things, whether it be um, kind of the, the whole mindset thing or, or the decisions back and, and maybe different cultural, uh, well, yeah. cultural differences between the various yeah. areas since you've been kind of around and had to uh, kind of adapt to it appropriately. But thanks yeah. so much, Paul, for, for being on the show and then hopefully we'll have you back for a future episode. No, thank you so much, Luke. It was a really nice time. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.